beneficence of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father in heaven, thank you that you speak to us today through your word. And through that word and by the power of your spirit, you seal to us your promises, all the things that you delight in giving to us as your covenant community. So do that yet again, Father. Show us a picture of your great abundant grace today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, friends, be seated. Several years ago, I was on, <clears throat> on my way back from the General Assembly that was meeting in the Deep South. At that point, I was living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it happened that I had gotten a, an aisle seat on the airplane, and nobody was sitting in the middle seat for a long time. And with everybody who kept coming down, I kept looking down at the ground in hopes that they would keep walking and nobody would make eye contact and have that particular seat next to me. And then eventually, of course, one of the biggest guys on the plane sat down right next to me and he decided that because he was in the center seat, he deserved both of the armrests, not only the one on my side, but the one on the other side of the individual with next to the window. And not only was he going to take both of the armrests, but he was going to stick his elbows over into my side and into the side of the other individual sitting at the window. Every time I would move up just a little bit, he would move up. And then when I would move back, he would move back. And I found myself intentionally hitting his elbow with my elbow in hopes that it would make him think, oh, I'm sorry, I'll move my arm. But no, all the way, the entire flight from the south all the way back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Every time I moved up, he moved up. Every time I moved back, we hit elbows all day long on that flight. And then I was glad when I heard the flight attendant say unto me, Welcome to Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. And I got off that plane as fast as I could, and I stepped into the terminal, and it was like I was glad indeed. I had all of this room, all of this space, no more touching elbows. I was the happiest guy in the Metroplex area. I wonder if there is a place for you, loved one. Is there a place for you where that brings you great delight, where you find when you are there, it is the greatest delight in your life? Perhaps for some of our young people, it's going back to school. Maybe, maybe not, but they, they've been out of school for a while, so maybe you're ready to get out of the house. You're ready to get back to school, and you delight that school has started. Or maybe you delight that work is over, and you find your way back at home on, in your lazy boy. Or maybe it's you delight to get out of your house and into the open air. You delight to get your, to your favorite vacation spot. There are places in our life where we love to be, where we long to be, and when we are there, we are filled with great joy. I wonder if today is one of those 
places and days. I wonder if this place, gathering together as the corporate body for corporate worship, is high on your list as a place where you find great delight and great joy when you gather together as the saints to worship God. Throughout Scripture and a summary of Scripture in our own confessional document, our shorter catechism, man's chief end, we were created to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Sunday is the highlight, should be the highlight of the, of, of the week for people like you and me, people that are uh, dwellers inside the covenant community, bought with the, the precious blood of Christ and invited into this covenant community by grace and mercy, created now to respond to that grace and mercy with a life of worship. This should be a delight, a place that where we delight in gathering together. But many times it's not, is it? There's no preparation before coming. And there's no uh, involvement in the liturgy. We remain silent instead of singing or reading the words on the page. We're here because we're forced to be here. There's no football on TV and golf is the only thing on and that's not worth watching. So we come because we have to, we need to check a box or for whatever reason, instead of delighting in the fact that this is what God has created us for. This is our Eric little moment that when we worship, we feel his pleasure. That's what David is capturing for us here, friends, in this psalm. Look at what he says in, at the end of verse 6. May they be secure who love you. Here's what God delights to do to people like you and me as we gather together as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God. He delights in reminding us that we are absolutely secure in the hand of Christ, in the hand of God, doubly joined forever and ever. And then verses 1 and verses 4 give us what our response to that is. Let us go to the house of the Lord, and in the house of the Lord, verse 4, let us give thanks to the name of the Lord our God. That's what we have gathered to do here today, friends. As God secures to our hearts and our minds His grace and mercy, we respond, delighting in coming into the house of the Lord to worship Him, to give thanks to Him in the fullness of His glory. We've said to you before, your pastors have, that Jesus is on every page of the Bible, even in the Old Testament. So what I want to do for us today is I want to take Psalm 122, and I want to look at three Jerusalems. I want to look at ancient Jerusalem back then under the Old Covenant. I want to look at the church today, the, this Jerusalem, the church under the New Covenant. And then I want to look at the new Jerusalem in the new heavens and the new earth on the day of glory. I want to take Psalm 122 and show you what David was anticipating, what we experience today, and what all of us long for on the day of glory. So let's begin with our particular psalm then. Let me give you a little context uh, in preparation for Psalm 122. David begins by telling us, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. We read about Jerusalem, ancient Jerusalem, for the first time in Genesis chapter 14 with Melchizedek, the king of Salem. 
We don't read about Jerusalem for a long time in the Bible after that. We do know through redemptive history in 3500 B.C. that the Jebusites inhabited the city and they dwelt there. And then in 2 Samuel chapter 4 and 5, King David conquered the city. He wiped out the Jebusites. And then we read about David dancing in front of the ark into Jerusalem where he put the ark in the Holy of Holies inside the tabernacle, inside the tent. That's the context for this particular psalm where we are. The temple has not yet been built. David didn't build the temple. His son Solomon did. But now the temple or the tabernacle has been set up. David has conquered Jerusalem. He has taken over Jerusalem. He's brought the Ark of the Covenant in. He's set it in the Holy of Holies. And now he calls. He's ruling over his kingdom. And he calls on all the Israelites to come for the festivals and to worship the one true and the living God. But I want you to see what David experienced then that we have this hope too. And that first thing is that we don't come simply as individuals. We come as the, the covenant community gathered together. Look what he says. I was glad when they said to me, let us, let us go into the house of the Lord. And then in verse 3, a, a city that is built, that is bound firmly together. The promise that God gives to us that that we enter into God's presence uh, as a corporate community together. When we gather together for corporate worship, God promises to meet us here as his corporate community and renew that covenant with us. That's what they were doing in ancient Jerusalem. And so this particular psalm then becomes a type of Christ, a pointing to a prefigure of Christ and his office as a prophet. You'll remember a prophet spoke for God to man. A prophet spoke for God to man. And so when the corporate community, the Israelites, gathered together in ancient Jerusalem, they came together with the absolute certainty that God would speak to them. They were bound together and they put themselves, verse 4, under the decrees of God set for Israel. God would be speaking to his people corporately as they gathered together as his word was read and proclaimed. Not only could they experience this community, but they would do this community with absolute certainty that justice had been satisfied. Look at verse 4, or verse 5. The, their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David, the thrones of, of the king and the thrones of the king who represented God would be set up there under the, the covenant community, under the covenant promise that, that God had given to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. That one of his descendants, David's descendants, would always be on the throne. So when David sat on the throne, he would only rule over the earthly kingdom because of the heavenly kingdom that was ruling through him by the covenant promise. The Ark of the Covenant would be set up inside the Holy of Holies. And so not only would David sit on his throne, but God was sitting on his throne as well. In the covenant promise to David that one of your descendants, and that promise fulfilled in Jesus Christ as we open the New Testament, when Jesus is revealed to us as coming from the house and the line of David. So justice would be performed justice would be satisfied in the earthly throne 
and the heavenly throne set up there in ancient Jerusalem. A prefigure to Christ. Christ in his kingly office. That Christ would also give his life for us to rule us and defend us. Christ our king, not only our prophet, but our king as well. They were experiencing in ancient Jerusalem, just as David reveals to us here in Psalm 122. No justice, no peace, right? We're hearing that today. But that is a very true statement because look at, look at how David ends the psalm. He moves from the prophet to the king and now the peace through, uh, the peace through uh, Christ himself as our priest. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Peace be within your walls. Peace be within you. For the sake of the Lord's house, we will seek your good. The Israelites gathered in ancient Jerusalem on that day, coming together, ascending the mountaintop, the song of ascent, all the way to the place where the, the tabernacle had been set. And they came together corporately, but they brought their sacrificial animals. They brought their sacrificial lambs. And as an illustration of what God had promised to secure to their hearts and to their minds, they would lay hands, as the Old Testament teaches us, lay hands on that scapegoat. And their sins would be transferred from their body to that particular sacrifice. And then that sacrifice would be offered. Commentators tell us some 500,000 people would inhabit the old city of Jerusalem, the ancient city of Jerusalem, to offer their sacrifices. And what a prefigure, a picture of Christ who would come to offer his own body. Now as a priest speaking for God to man, as a mediator standing between a holy God and sinful people, offering the final sacrifice that would be paid, that we might now rest in the security, the certainty of knowing that we are part of God's covenant blessing and covenant family. That's what they did in ancient Jerusalem, friends, but it wasn't always that way, was it? I mean, even, even in the passages that Pastor Andrew has been taking us through, through Elijah and Elisha, the prophet has been coming, calling on the Israelites to repent of their sin, to return to Yahweh, to experience the grace and mercy and blessing. They would live in this constant cycle of gathering together and corporately worshiping God, but then failing God, sinning against God to bring another sacrifice, only to worship again, to continue in that sin over and over again. And that describes us today as well, doesn't it? In this Jerusalem, because ancient Jerusalem under the old covenant, now in the new covenant, is a picture is, is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what Luther said. Luther said this, Our Jerusalem is the church and our temple is Christ. Wherever Christ is preached and the sacraments are rightly administered, there we are sure God dwells and there is our temple, our tabernacle, our cherubim, our mercy seat. For there God is present with us by His word. I want to read to you Hebrews chapter 12 that seals this to us, that now that we, we move from this ancient Jerusalem to Jerusalem, the church, uh, the author of Hebrews tells us this, 
But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You see, friends, what we find now in this Jerusalem, in the church, are the same things that God sealed to ancient Jerusalem to the Israelites in that day. The community that is ours. The author of Hebrews puts it like this. uh, This gathering of the assembly of the firstborn that are enrolled in heaven. Our names being written in the Lamb's book of life. When we gather together, we gather together as the firstborn of those elect from the foundation of the world to live and dwell in community together, to worship in community together. Inside the church is racial reconciliation today because Paul has told us today, the New Testament, the New Covenant Church, there is no male or female, slave or free, Jew or Gentile, but we all come together reconciled through the finished work of Christ to lift our voices in praise and adoration to Him. The racial division around us outside the world needs the picture of racial reconciliation inside the church as those who corporately come together, the, new, or the, the Jerusalem, the church, to worship the one true and the living God. Not only community, but satisfaction of divine justice. Look here at what the author of Hebrews says as well, not only to the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, but to God, the judge of all, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Now racial reconciliation has been satisfied yet again between sinful people and a holy God, only through the finished work of the mediator, of Christ himself, who dwells between a holy God and sinful people, renewing His covenant with us every single time we gather together for corporate worship. No justice, no peace. We find that here today as well. The author of Hebrews in chapter 12 goes on to give us a list. If we reject Him, we can expect this. But if we don't reject Him, then we can expect something completely different. And that is, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken and thus left to offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. He brings us peace together as the corporate community having satisfied divine justice. And that brings us now to a place that cannot be shaken but to a place that is filled with peace. And that, that foundation, that place is only in the mediator, Christ himself. There is no peace in a bigger salary. There's no bigger or peace in a, in a bigger home, in a, in a nicer job, in a fancier title, in a better relationship, in any world, worldly possession. There is no eternal peace found there. But the foundation that cannot be shaken is the peace that comes to us in Christ alone. And so what then, beloved, are we called to do? 
David told us in Psalm 122, pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Friends, praying for the peace of Jerusalem doesn't mean peace will come to Jerusalem when the Palestinian occupation is gone or when borders are expanded and land is returned. Praying for the peace of Jerusalem today is praying that we would rest in this security of what he tells us in our passage there in verse 6, the security of those who love him, that community is ours, that justice has been satisfied, and that peace is experienced today only in Christ himself. But friends, listen, just like the ancient city of Jerusalem, we don't always live that way, do we? There are divisions, non-salvific divisions between denominations where we should be together and we're not. There are divisions even within, divisions within the body where we fail to reconcile with one another, where we fail to Matthew 18 and live with one another in peace and security that is ours. Division over a mask Division over a lot versus home worship. A division over whatever it may be. Even today in this Jerusalem, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we elevate ourselves instead of thinking about others within the context of this community that God has made us members of. Look at what David says back in Psalm 122 again. Verse 8 and verse 9, he repeats the word sake twice. But I want you to notice whose sake it is. It's never the individual's sake. For my brothers and my companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Friends, do you get it? Seeking the good of our Savior is living in the security today that he gives to us in Christ. That we are members of a covenant community. That justice has been divinely secured through our mediator who now gives us abundant peace. Even peace today. A secure security that is ours in Christ alone. I have been saying this after studying this passage this past week. I've been saying this. I even filmed it on a couple of videos for classes, uh, telling people just go out there and be safe. Be safe now. Uh, put on your mask, social distance, and be safe. Friends, listen, I, I don't need to tell you to be safe. You don't need to tell me to be safe. We already are safe. That's what David is telling us in Psalm 122. We are already safe in the security that's ours in Christ alone. For the sake of my brothers and sisters and companions, for the sake of the name and the house of the Lord our God, then we gather together in that security to worship the one true and the living God. That's who we seek, what we seek, living today in that same pattern as we fail to do it and we confess our sin and he renews us and he renews that covenant and we fail to do it and we confess our sin and he renews his covenant in that continued pattern. Now, God could end it there, couldn't he? Stop right there. But in order for us to understand what it is that we've been given today and how it is we live today, 
He gives us a picture of why we persevere today because of what's to come. Let me read to you Revelation 21 in that last Jerusalem. Not the ancient city, not the church today in the new covenant, but the new Jerusalem. We have this written down for us because John was told to write his dream down. And so it is in our canon to give us great hope today. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But friends, it's going to bring us the same thing that in part we are, expecting, are, are participating in now, a community. A community together for all eternity, but not just this community as brothers and sisters in Christ, but God promises like he did at the very beginning of the Bible with Adam and Eve, he will dwell among us. He'll walk among us. He will dwell among us. He will be our God and we will be his people. That We will have communion now with the eternal Yahweh, the one true and the living God forever and forever between us and our Savior for all eternity as we gather corporately for eternal worship. Justice will be satisfied completely. We today live in the effects of the fall. We are fully redeemed, fully righteous, but we are not yet fully glorified. We still have the effect of the fall, and we're still fighting that effect of the fall. But in that day, on that day, in the new Jerusalem, he tells us there will be, he's going to wipe away every tear, death will be no more, there shall be no more mourning, nor crying, nor pain. Everything, everything now will be gone. Justice will be served. And peace then will be experienced. He said, behold, I am making all things new. He didn't say he was restoring all things, wiping the slate clean, allowing us to start over again. But he said he was renewing all things in the new heavens and the new earth. A complete renewal for us to dwell in security, safe forevermore. Lifting our voices in praise and adoration, who has removed all of the effects of sin, dwelling among us, in covenant community. Wow, what a gospel, and what a day of celebration that will be. This today, friends, is anticipation of that day. One of my dear friends, the only other Bryant I ever met in my life, I lived next door to him in seminary. He called me this past week, having just returned from Montana, where he spent two weeks fly fishing. And he was sending me all these pictures of these big brown trout and rainbow trout that he was holding up. And he took his little drone and he was showing me aerial pictures of all of the rivers, just rubbing it in. 
just rubbing it in. I know he was. And then he called me, and we started talking about all of these pictures. And we said, hey, why don't you and I next spring plan a trip to Montana, and we'll, we'll fish these, some of these same waters. And so suddenly our conversation turned to all of this excitement that was welling up within us, anticipation of we could do this and this and this. Hung up the phone, I began to plan it already months ahead in anticipation of getting to that place where I will find great delight, great delight when I step into that stream for the first time. Oh, what a day that will be. But until I get to that day, until we get to that day, friends, that, that place that will bring us eternal delight, what is it that we are to do as we live in this day today? Here it is. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the Lord our God. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones for the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security in your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace. Be within you for the sake of the house of the Lord our God. I will seek your good. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this great privilege that's ours of worshiping you. And we do so only, Father, because of the great privilege of having our sins satisfied, laid on another. He who knew no sin became sin for us. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. So, Father, now we dwell in this security because of your grace and mercy. Allow us to live it out in anticipation of that day when there will be no more sorrow, no more sickness. Until that day comes, may we experience it with one another as you renew your covenant with us here. Do that for your own glory's sake, please, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.